0: podcast here where we have all the co-hosts. I am joined by Drew, Andy, John, fellas. How's it going this morning?
1: Awesome. Yeah, excited to be here.
0: Well, we have a uh, fun topic to talk about today in terms of I think it's going to create some good conversations and I think really be a, a, a stimulating conversation in terms of um, some really, really fun ideas. And and the topic we're going to talk about today is nudge theory. Now, we've already had some banter uh, before we even started recording that it became obvious that there's going to be some nuances here. So what is nudge theory? And I think we should probably defer to the person who knows the most out about psychological behaviors here. And John, why don't you tell us what nudge theory is?
2: Um. Well... Thanks. Uh, so Nudge Theory is really uh, a concept that kind of got built uh, really out of one of my true loves, which is behavioral economics. Uh, but the behavioral sciences in general, they'll fight over who claims it. Um, and it's just a concept that when you um, you basically design things in such a way that people will make a choice um, that is... In theory intended to be a better choice you construct things so the doing the right thing is easier and so a classic example would be um, if you um, you can even use nudge theory on yourself right so if you put your workout clothes all together right by the bed so that first thing in the morning you can get into your workout clothes that would be a way to nudge yourself to exercise it would make you more likely Um, to be able to, to do the thing that you want to do. And so there's lots of, um, debate about whether nudge, uh, how long nudges have been used, um, well clearly before the theory was used, but, um, there's a lot of debate about whether nudge theory is, uh, it's a good thing or a bad thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that really,
0: uh, pointed me in the direction of this is probably something that'd be very interesting to talk about. And my the example that really struck me as oh this makes sense now is the grocery store and where you put the food. If you put the healthy food or options at eye level, it nudges people to see that first and probably gravitate towards that. If you just and as opposed to going to the junk food on the bottom shelf or the really high up shelf. Just banning junk food is not a nudge, that's just changing something. And so the whole point is, you create a structure around a, a choice so that the person has the ability to make a better decision
2: theoretically. Yep, and, and I think just to tease out, um, because the grocery store is a great example, nudges kind of by default have to be um, easy things and, and they can't be like an expensive option, right? Um, so we're not talking about the layout of a grocery store where they clearly try to influence you to purchase things, right? That's design think, That's corporate structure. That's, that's a different thing. Nudges are supposed to be easy, quick little things that move people in the right direction. Yeah.
0: Now, you kind of already touched on a little bit, but I think Drew would be the person who really wants to talk about this more. What... What kind of pitfalls are we talking about with this kind of stuff? Because it seems like we're in like it's all kind of rainbow and butterflies. We're talking about working out and healthy food choices and things like that. But, um, you know, it sounds also like there's some potential for manipulation here.
3: Well, I think it it has to do with where the nudge comes from. All right. So I mean, all this is instigated by somebody or a group of people or a system that is attempting to guide you in the direction that they want you to go. So in medicine, we think about uh, EMRs provide a lot of opportunity for potential nudge, right? And we can argue about like, what is truly a nudge versus what isn't a nudge. And we'll get into that later. But but a pop up box Um, on your your EMR, in theory, is a nudge, right? Saying, hey, uh, this patient meets sepsis criteria. Are you thinking about that? There's an allergy to this. Could they be, you know, whatever it is. Tanner might say some of that is sludge, and I agree that there is certainly sludge with that also. But somebody has to decide what the nudge, what triggers a nudge, right? So nudges are only as good as the person who decides to create the nudge. And we can go back in history, and John explain this already, that nudge theory really is like the 60s and 70s is where nudge theory really started to come into main play. But clearly, there's been nudges long before that. So you know, something like a uh, paper ballot, there's a lot of nudge that can go along with that. So think about a referendum from uh, Chile in the 70s, and we can show a picture on this where the, the yes vote has the Chilean flag on it, and the no vote has a black box by it. And clearly, the person who puts that together is trying to nudge you for the referendum to vote yes right so th- this is an act of patriotism and that's where the nudge actually is like they're they're nudging you to feel patriotic and by feeling patriotic you're going to click you're going to check yes because it's not telling you to say yes both options are clearly there we can make the decision but there's something about how the the act of making that decision on a piece of paper Formalizing it is being influenced by a subtle or maybe not so subtle nudge in the direction. So I, I think that's the point with nudging: is is it, the intention is good, we hope. But it might not be. There could be a more sinister cause. and all has to do with who is creating the nudge itself. We make nudges all the time, whether it's with our staff in the emergency department. For those of us in an academic setting, we try to nudge our residents and our students and our learners along the right pathway. You know, I try to nudge my kids into making uh, the right decision without just straight up doing it for them. And, and I think as I do all this, the intention is good. But you have to be careful sometimes that it's not more sinister, right? I mean, sometimes when I claim that I don't care where we go out to eat or what we're having for dinner, and I try to nudge one of my family members or friends in the direction, I might be trying to nudge them in the direction that I want them to go as opposed to just making a decision. And that's a very inconsequential thing in the long run, but you can see how easily a nudge can be influenced.
0: I mean, it could be a very consequential decision if you go to a place and everyone gets food poisoning.
3: Yeah, well, okay,
0: fine. (laughs) Um, I think you bring up a really good point. And, and I think when I originally brought up this as a topic for us to talk about, my thought process was the good intention, the true nudge in the good direction. Um, one of the things that I saw kind of written about it and you kind of mentioned it was sludge and that's kind of the inverse of that, which is the, the dark side of nudging. Um, and, and it comes across very much, uh, manipulative and, uh, potentially could, cause harm or something even worse than that. So
1: yeah, as you guys are talking about this, I, I'm trying to put it all together and just listen, cause you guys have, you guys are definitely the content experts when it comes to nudge theory, but I'm thinking a lot about previous conversations where we talk about where is the nudge coming from? Um, and it ties into like this, this is why we've all talked about and we all agree that, you know, source sources of these have to matter too. Cause if I'm doing a, a nudge at work and the nudge is coming from say a family member where I'm like, Hey, we're not going to do antibiotics. And they're like, don't you think we need to do antibiotics? And it's like, you have to be able to also kind of cut through where the nudge is coming from, knowing that it might not be from the right person or from the right perspective to make you make the right decision.
2: Yeah. And Andy, when you when you talked about that, one of the things that um, just kind of popped into mind that I think is worth noting is that nudges all had to do. Uh, and you guys, and I know that Tanner really likes this, but uh, system one system two thinking, Right. Think fast and slow, the um, the Daniel Kahneman type thinking, right? Uh, Nudge theory is all based on promoting system one over system two, right? It's it's the it's the voluntary thought, so um, or it's I'm sorry, the the involuntary, the rapid thinking, um, the things that kind of are designed to trigger, and get you through, and um, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but when system two is the necessary system. Right when you really need to process and work your way through something, um, nudges uh, are ineffective. But more importantly, um, they can actually make decision making worse. John, I think that is a fantastic point, point. and it, you guys are making me
0: think now in the healthcare system, yeah. and especially in the emergency department. Like, how can we use nudges for good? And one of the things that I was just thinking about as you guys were talking was um, those uh, layouts that people have for their airway setup where that has the shadows of all the pieces that you have to have set up before your airway so you have everything ready to go that is nudging you to prepare have your a b c plans ready to go ready right at your side um that seems like a very good nudge to remind people not to just oh i'm, I'm gonna show up with just one thing and try to knock it out real quick
3: yeah if i had my druthers i would uh you know triple lock a uh Um, traditional uh, laryngoscopy blade and handle in a cabinet. I'm not forbidding the patient or the person from using them, right? They can find the key, they can unlock it, they can get it. But the, the easy approach would just be that video laryngoscopy device sitting right next to the head of the bed with whatever blade you want to use in whatever style you want to use it in right there. That would be my airway nudge.
1: And that's a classic example of Drew wanting to have a predetermined outcome and making sure that all the options lead to that outcome, but still leaving some choice well, that's, for the person. That's exactly the nudge. what
3: nudge theory is, right? You're attempting to yeah, influence no, the decision yeah. for the outcome, yeah. desired outcome without prohibiting the person that you are nudging from making the alternative decision. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. So as soon as you as soon as you take the alternative away, now you've created a mandate and, and we can get, I mean, really like hyper political right now and talk about like COVID vaccines. Right. So there's all sorts of risk. And, and, and we don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole necessarily. But we went from trying to nudge people in the direction to get vaccinated for COVID didn't get the traction we wanted to so then the alternative was well let's just mandate it because the nudge wasn't working and we tried all we i tried some to my patients in the emergency department but you know the politicians the uh you know public health workers everyone else tried a lot of different nudges and and none of those nudges were enough to consistently change behavior yeah so, it would be
2: interesting too um Again, I am I am certainly no expert on nudge theory, but I would be interested to see what a nudge theorist would have said about Drew's yeah, um, that, theory about his, because I think they wouldn't have called his a nudge. Bottom drawer, top drawer. Yeah, once you add the yeah. locks. Um, put it in the but, bottom but, but drawer. But I do like it, think, okay, the locks yeah, out. bottom drawer, top drawer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, already unwrapped. Right, already unwrapped, ready to go. Yeah, um, so... You know, it really is. It's fascinating what makes a nudge and what uh, what doesn't. Well,
1: and and I think it speaks to the power of nudges, right? And I think, and this is where when I when I was reading the outline, I was taking it from the perspective of as somebody who was given nudges in the past, I have underestimated the power that I have in creating the scenario that I want an outcome for. Um, One from the idea that like it's the you sometimes don't realize you have as much control until you. Reverse it, and you're like, oh wow! Like I, I am able to help modify behavior in such a way to where I can hit an outcome pretty repeatedly by giving, giving some options, but you know, knowing that the options eventually go to a, an exit. But h- how do you, how do you make sure that the nudge that you're providing is something good? Because we talked about how like it could, these can go, these can go the other way, and they can turn into outcomes that might be good for you, but not good for everybody else. How, how do you, how do you balance that knowing that there's power involved? I, th-
0: I think part of this is, I mean, it, it is a social experiment to a certain extent. Like it's like almost anything else. When you create a theoretical plan, you execute that plan and then you need to re- analyze it and see how it did. And then you go back and you start over. It's just, it's this very scientific type of approach And it's, it's no different than teaching techniques. You try a style, you see how it goes, you analyze the outcome, and then you tweak it. And I think the same thing happens here. You just have to be kind of careful. If you go too far one direction, it starts to become more of a sludge than a nudge. I think one of the things I really like about this too, is it, it fits a lot of the other talks that we've had in terms of we're, we're looking at the higher level type stuff within the department and structural creations to optimize us as providers, as humans, as leaders, uh, communicators. And, and this comes back to a lot of, I think, structural analysis and, and how we're setting things up and setting ourselves up for future interactions and, and executions. So it's a very interesting kind of how it blends in with a lot of our stuff, but it's also a little bit different, too.
2: Yeah, I um I love the way that um that nudges can be can be used. Uh, and to Andy's question, I think it's interesting too. Sometimes the nudges with the best intentions can still have undesirable outcomes, particularly if they're nudges designed for a community rather than for an individual. And uh, a great example that people um, often cite uh, is that you can increase the number of people that contribute to their retirement savings by auto checking the box that says automatically make deposits. And they're actually national headline news stories about how, you know, now 90% of people when they do that uh, contribute. And, and that's a great thing until you have the one individual where that nudge was there. They didn't realize it was there. They did their heuristic type one response. And they figured out how much money they were going to have. And at the end of their first paycheck, when they're getting ready to pay bills, they're $50 short because of a social construct that you wanted them to do, which is great on a social level, but bad at an individual level. And now they're stuck holding the bag. Um, And whoever it was that decided to do that basically drove that decision. Because if, if they had had to consciously make that choice, they would have been less likely to do so, and they would have used their type two thinking and thought their way through it. So um, nudges, even appropriate nudges, can sometimes lead to the to the wrong thing.
3: It used to even be, you know, car rental—you uh, you had to decline insurance, right? I mean, opt out, yeah. and and still you, you technically do it. It's a lot easier to do now online if you're a, a member or whatever to just set your your. Defaults, but that is a it, that's a nudge in itself. Is right, you're, you're declining something that is essentially automatically offered, and it, it gives you that like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't decline this. So I, I need that insurance. You don't even necessarily think about it all that much, or most of us have alternative insurance that that pays for that insurance itself, so it becomes a money maker for a car company. Now, is that a sinister thing? I don't think so, but but there is a money making or profit. Driven concept behind that, too.
0: I would probably lean towards most like monetary end goal type things, would be more towards a sinister sludge type of effect as opposed to a nudge, which is designed to make somebody better. But again, (laughs) you get in the semantics there where you know somebody better off if they have insurance when they don't know that they have it type of thing.
2: So that's a whole rabbit hole we'd end up going down, right. So. Yeah, for sure. Favorite nudge, though, honestly, uh, the uh, etched fly in the toilets oh, yeah. of the men's urinals has to be my favorite nudge of all time. I mean, come on, what a public service that is.
3: Well, not, not only a public service, but the, the studies following up on that showed significant economic benefit in terms of the amount of money and time spent cleaning public bathrooms on places that had a fly or a target of any type etched in a urinal.
2: Yeah, I'm just telling you so,
1: so Johnny brought it up what is that your favorite nudge? Uh,
2: well, that is my favorite uh, nudge that I am aware of. Um, like when somebody actually said this was designed to do that, I think that is genius um, and I think we should um, put a etched fly at the bottom of all urine cups ever handed to a patient um, to be quite honest.
1: We just found our out. <laughs> right there yes <laughs> aim right here
2: well guys i think this has been a pretty
0: fantastic discussion about a topic that is very interesting has a lot of depth to it and i think it's one of those things where the more you know about it the more you can start to notice when you're being nudged potentially um in fact i bet at disney there's a lot of nudges what
3: do you think yeah a lot of them mm-hmm. um, oh yeah So yeah. But Tanner, before we go, can we can we talk just can we nudge medicine just a little bit here and and come up with some maybe our favorite ways in which we can nudge ourselves or nudge others in the practice of emergency medicine, uh, to maybe help ourselves out a little bit. And I don't even want to get into EMRs and all that. Like one of the nudges that I've done for myself recently is as opposed to parking the ultrasound machine in our recess room, which I have to like go around a couple corners and and get to, I park it in the hallway, uh, right next to my dock station. So I'm nudging myself on patients that I should be ultrasounding to just grab that ultrasound because that made it exponentially easier for me to just grab. It. That
0: is unbelievably amazing. I am stealing that for my next string of shifts.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, my my favorite nudge in the pandemic has been, uh, you know, we PPE has become a big thing. And it was amazing I mean, how when PPE was right outside the door, uh, we used it. And then we did a central repository of it and it went down and then we put it in a closet to where literally like we had – you know, uh, one of the safety groups come in and say, "Hey, your people aren't using PPE to wear." Again, the nudge is if you want somebody to use it, put it outside the door. To Drew's point, there's a reason why there's hand sanitizer in outside the patient door and inside the patient door, because I'm nudged to use it. So, do a lot of that for other things you want people to do. Put it outside the door.
3: Speaking of hand sanitizer, I just saw a report uh, out of our hospital that after you left, it was, it was a uh, before and after study. We actually have saved thousands of dollars on hand sanitizer uh, after Andy departed our department. And, and for our listeners, I just want you to know that I, I used to have conversations with Andy in the hallway where without going anywhere near a patient room, he would hand sanitize himself multiple times over the course of just a five-minute conversation.
1: About every 45 seconds, I sanitize yeah. my hands when I'm in the hallway. Yeah.
3: But I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs>
2: Uh, that is amazing Um, so uh, mine is actually um, for those so one of the frustrating things um, is trying to access charts uh, images through charts so I actually nudge myself to look at uh, my images uh, with all the tools that I need by just I move the synapse I made a screen uh, shortcut and moved it right next to CareConnect. So now when I sign in, um, both things are right there together. So I can just click straight down and everything I need to get signed into Ooh, is right there. That's a good so one. So I never forget to do it. Yeah. Uh, mine recently actually has been just a simple change of
0: how I set it up my desk in front of me. Um, I had a string of months where I was just struggling to remember to put EKGs in the chart. And I'd have to go back and like put them in. And so I literally just changed it so EKGs are right in front of me until I've dictated them into the chart. And that has alleviated that problem quite quickly. So I th- but that's something that you could apply to anything on your desk. Um, put it into an access point where it's right in front of you and you're more likely to accomplish that
3: yeah alternatively i was finding myself getting distracted for a while by my phone on shift uh, which is not cool particularly when you have learners with you so as opposed to my phone sitting on top of my antibiotic guide uh, right underneath my computer i put it underneath and therefore it's out of sight out of mind and i'm nudging myself away from picking up my phone and looking at it when there's no reason that i need to be doing that but i'm just doing it because it's sitting right there bingo your workspace you can nudge yourself so
0: many different ways Well, this has been a really cool discussion, and I I think probably the the big take-home points are nudge theory is designed to help people make better decisions by creating a structure around that. There is, however, potential for sludge decisions or uh, nefarious intent that we have to be very, very careful of. And and then probably the other main take-home is that there is a ton of opportunity here and probably some really really big ways that we can make some nice influences in the healthcare field. Thanks guys for joining. And uh, next time I will hopefully talk about some more cool nudges that we've discovered over the course of our time. In that case, uh, everybody thanks for listening. Uh, This has been a great episode. Don't forget to follow us on our website, blog site, emovereasy.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram all those places that uh, Andy trolls constantly to make you listen or see us and uh, we are the official podcast of ACOEP.
3: That was pretty simple That was interesting, we went up and not down it's more like changing it. It's more like the holy hand grenade approach. Yeah, exactly. That that you show guys count pay attention. So, now that we're recording, I, I have to bring this up because it's been bothering me. It's bothered me before, but it's really irked me over this week that I've been looking at John's face, and it has nothing to do with John's face because John's face is beautiful. But behind him, he has had a, a variety of eggs cooked in different Correct. ways. And, and I agree yes. very much with the soft boil. At, I mean, I would say six minutes, not six and a half minutes. But, you know, based on altitude and temperatures and all sorts of things, right? Like most of these are really – but the over easy egg does not look over easy It does not even all. look slightly over easy. It looks like
2: an egg that is overly it cooked. Looks it um, it's an over easy egg, but we crushed it. Mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean I, I see would, what you I did would de- there, but I would debate that. I mean I don't know. Is it the back side of the over easy egg? If it was the back side then the bottom part would be crushed and be leaking out the sides. It may be. Maybe
0: there's some leakitation there. The sunny side up one looks more over easy to me.
1: I was gonna say it does.
3: Yeah, but so, but you know, the, the thing is like sunny side up, the, the reason it's a sunny side up egg is it's never flipped. You, you never flip it so over you, yes, So So, the, you know, oh, over yeah. easy egg is an egg that in theory is flipped, but it is cooked right. so that when you cut into it, it's still
2: Runny. it still oozes. Okay. Runniness. I'm just saying that that egg. Well, maybe that's just, maybe that very top layer that you're seeing is just the only cooked part.
1: Oh
3: yeah, it looks no. I'm,
2: on par with the hard-boiled eggs. I'm making
3: a lot of assumptions based on a picture that I cannot closely evaluate uh, on an object that I cannot touch to see the the quantity. Well, yeah. Of, uh, what we juiciness. need
2: to do is if you if you poke that yellow and went running everywhere, then it would be appropriate, even if you know Correct. appearing. Yeah. It's like people. You have to look past the surface.
0: Mm. I think it's I think it's I because the with association that. with the ones to the left of it. Yeah. Are, right. They look very much like if I poke it, it's gonna run. Whereas that one does not look like it.
3: Yeah. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, I. It, the chart might be 100 percent accurate based on all the things we just talked about. I'm just, my and initial- I. Th- and I
0: think the other issue is that it also is right above what appears to be an omelet. And that's brown. Like an overly yeah. cooked. Yeah. And so it's just there's so much around it that's very
2: much influencing that it's not over easy.
3: And, and yeah. I can't see the poached egg on top, which also should be a very runny egg, if poached properly.
2: Oh, there, there is. Hang on, there is. Yeah, too. yeah, can I, I can kind of see it. a little bit of R- yolk coming
3: out there. So okay. it's just, it's an yeah. interesting chart. Um,
2: yeah. You know, I just like to use every possible way to educate people, like a nudge, if you will. I see what you did there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do see what John's you did. like. I'm not talking about this egg. This move to nudges. That's it's like winning a nugget. Nudges.